Thank you once again for tuning in to the Cherishing Scripture Podcast. I'm joined here today around the table with Jeremy Boggs, right across from me here, behind the camera, our sound engineer and youth spectacular extraordinaire, Zachary Taylor. He looks so great today, by the way. He does, man. It's too bad. Too bad. all hair nice up and wearing this really nice bow. Are we playing two truths and a lie? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm lost right now. <laughs> it works the time. Yeah. I got to point out your drink here. Turn that around so everybody can see it. You got body about cheer wine. Actually, so I bought a bottle of cheer wine last night so I could make sure that I had it for today. And I left it at home in the fridge. So nice. We keep talking about cheer wine. They just get sponsor us. That body armor, to me, is 10 times better than Gatorade. Yeah, when you first told I me about this, man. Body armor, black berry is the best flavor, too. That mango flavor. Really? I like blackout berry. That's my favorite. Yeah. Hmm. You can get them once in a while at Publix, you know, like 10 for $10 or something. A really great deal. They are a little expensive, but they're delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more good. natural, too. Yep. So. so we're diving back into Galatians, and we're in chapter number five. We've been talking for how long? I don't know. Yeah, we've I've lost count of many podcasts we've done out of Galatians. When we started uh, all that time ago in the book of James, it was more of a uh, trial run for all of us. So now we've got our legs on this. We've got the faithful few that are staying with this thing and marching forward with it and uh, making our way through these books. And it's pretty good, I think. And hopefully the listeners are getting help from it. That's what matters, right? Yeah. I had a lot of people this morning came to me and talked to me about the one we did last week about love. Yeah. And they really liked that one. Thought it was a little different than uh, what we've been saying and uh, sounded really good. So That's good. That's a blessing. So you can catch us on YouTube. You can catch us on some of the other uh, podcasting formats. They're all there. You can search for us, Cherishing Scripture Podcast, Brandon Baptist Tabernacle. Some of those words will get you to it and uh, hopefully enjoy. If you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. That always helps. Helps our algorithm and so forth. Mm -hmm. So we're diving in at verse number 19, chapter 5, and we have this long list, three verses long, this list that is known as the works of the flesh. And the Apostle Paul, it's actually what we would call doctrinally a juxtaposition because you got the works of the flesh verses 19, 20, and 21, and he puts it right alongside of the fruit of the Spirit in verses 22, 23. So we have works of the flesh versus the works of the Spirit. Next few podcasts, that'll be our our subject matter here. Uh, Verse 19, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Mm. That's a big power hitting list. Yeah. I mean, yeah that's when a pretty they start, strong one. When they start threatening not having the kingdom of God or bringing that up, you're going to miss the kingdom of God. It always hits me hard. Yeah. You know, I like, I still can't get over that when Jesus told the guys that if you were going to continuously look back, uh, that there's no room for you in the not kingdom of God. Not fit for the kingdom. You're not fit Yeah, for and it. I think the key word there is continuously. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think that there are uh, some things here that it's best for us to understand. He's talking about habitual mm. sins. Uh, you know, a person who, well, of course, we come to chapter number six, and he talks about making a mistake, and uh, how does he say that? Let me see if I can find that really, really quick. Uh, if a man be overtaken in a fault, chapter six, verse one, ye which are spiritual, restore such in one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted so you can be overtaken in a fault and that means that uh, you could 
potentially as a believer stumble and fall, make a mistake, and become an adulterer, a fornicator, unclean, lascivious. The list is long here, but I think you get what I'm saying. I think what he's, what he's getting at here is there can't be continuous, uninterrupted, habitual adultery, fornication. Yeah. That's the key. Of course, it's still a sin whether you do it one time or whether you do it a dozen times. It's still a sin. But he starts out here with adultery, so that's where we'll begin. Uh, it is a work of the flesh. It's a manifestation of of an undisciplined spiritual man. Um, adultery specifically is sexual sin wherein the vows of marriage have been broken. Mm. Uh, that's different than fornication. The second word there, adultery, is that uh, it's the scarlet sin. You remember reading, you guys might have read that in school, the scarlet letter. Yeah. And uh, that's uh, the, the scarlet A marked people back in those days who committed adultery uh, because they broke their marriage vows. So we have people that fit that description that are claiming Christianity. Mm-hmm. They're claiming to be uh, righteous before God. What's interesting about this this list to me is where it's located in Galatians. It kind of situates itself right in this discussion about the works of the flesh and the works of the spirit. And he's talking about the works of the flesh in terms of the Judaizers. Yeah. So apparently these Judaizers had this religious uh, liturgy that they followed after, you know, and if you're, if you're with us, this is the way you behave. Mm. But they were ignoring sins like adultery. Same way with the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 23. They were, and, and Matthew 5, 6, and 7, they were ignoring the sins of the flesh. Right. And they were using this religious... Um, camouflage to sort of gloss it all over so it didn't look so bad. Mm. Yeah, no excuse when, for it, though. Remember when Jesus kind of exposed them that, though? He said, even though you don't actually commit the actual act, but if you commit it in your heart, in your heart you're already yeah. guilty of if it. If a man looks upon a woman in his heart, he's committed adultery. Yep. So the word for adultery, I looked that up. It, it's it's a word that, uh, let me pull up here again. It's it's one of those sexual words in the Greek language. It, it has that uh, root word, kia. And this one is my kia or more kia, and it's actually a feminine word in the Greek language, but it's literally referring to the breach of marriage vows, mm. the breaking of marriage vows, and uh, that can come in several different forms. Uh, you know, there's a big debate about those things, but adultery is on the blacklist. It's forbidden. Yeah, yeah, not a spiritual subject at all. Mm-mm. Uh, to consider adultery. And you know, I preached a message one time on thou shalt not commit adultery and thou shalt not commit the things that lead up to adultery. Um, you know, we all hear, of course, Jeremy, you're still not married, but there are obvious things that people can do that lead up to adultery. You mm-hmm. know, things that they need to, they need to be warned. You know, that if you do this, this, and this, and this, it's going to be an environment conducive for adultery. This is why I don't counsel women alone and you know, this is why I don't I don't ride in cars with women alone. Yeah, you know, right. My and daughter, I even do that. My mom, my daughter, my wife. That's different. Maybe even a daughter-in-law. That's different. But um, I'm not riding with a church member. That's the right. same philosophy I have, and we have a lady in our church that um, I take home sometimes if we're doing a podcast or something. I'll take her home, and I always try to ask someone because even though she's older, clearly older, um, I won't be caught alone in a vehicle with them because I mean, just the all it takes is one person saying something that's just untrue. That's right. I have the same policy at school with girls that come into the classroom. If they come into my classroom and they're the only one in there, I'll typically try to go to the restroom or something and I'll put myself out of the room. Smart so move. I'm not in there. And that's something, like you said, uh, because it's it's one of those things that can lead to it. 
Um, and, and most of the time, it's it's something that it's it's not like a huge you just out and commit adultery one day. A lot of times when you see these things play out, it's a little step and a little step and a little step. That's exactly. And then right. it, it's the person they're used to being alone, and then the person comes up and puts their hand on their shoulder, and then next step, next step, next step, right. and then next thing you know, you're there. Yeah, and you know, in my counseling experience down through the years, there are a handful of things that go along with adultery that are almost in every case, one or two or three or maybe half a dozen of them. Uh, one of them is exhaustion. Believe it or not, almost every counseling case of adultery that I've dealt with in the past, uh, either one, the husband or the wife or both were experiencing incredible exhaustion. And it was as if, you know, that that uh, sexual sin was an outlet or sort of a, a, a relaxing thing, you know, uh, for them to kind of disconnect from what was exhausting them. Maybe it was their family plus career plus church plus, right. you know, this plus that. So strangely, adultery, as in my experience with uh, counseling people, almost always goes along with exhaustion. And um, uh, and then there are other, the foolish things, you know, that we do. You can't help from getting exhausted, but there are other foolish things, you know, letting your guard down. Um, one thing that has been common in almost every counseling case also is, couples began to co-counsel one another you know mm-hmm. uh, you're having problems in your marriage we're having problems in our marriage let's get together and talk about it and somehow or another that turns into an indecent relationship that becomes adultery yeah yeah and i've had some severe cases before in counseling with people that they couldn't understand mm-hmm. you know what how it happened you yeah know, I, they, you sit down and ask them what happened i don't know no i don't know i don't I, know I, how, I, how it happened it just happened I'm, so some of the devil setting us up too, for sure. I'm fair. I'm fairly certain. I know where you stand on this, but uh, just to get your opinion on it, you would also consider in this because, as Jeremy said, when Jesus spoke, he said, "If you've committed it in your uh, heart, you've committed it already." Uh, so you would include in this. Um, umbrella of adultery you'd also include pornography well you know that's interesting because the next word fornication is the greek word pornia right which is where we get the the pornos is it means to um it pornos is the is the word for sex in greek graphe which is the second half of the word porn pornography is is the word to write so pornography in its original format was writing about sex and uh, that was the way you know girly magazines and picture books and all that kind of stuff that started so many years ago well now pornography has become an interactive mm-hmm. digital sin that you know almost anybody could get it's ac- it could be accessed on almost any smartphone or computer or laptop or it's almost become tablet. accepted too like part of like almost normal for some people right you know, we've seen a lot of like like these a lot of these celebrities now are starting these things oh, yeah. where yeah. they they'll show they'll give you photos of their body and just to pay. I mean, it's right. it's normal now. And uh, my question is, how do you how would you counsel somebody to break habits of those? You know, I've seen a lot of stuff on like uh, a lot of videos on YouTube of people talking about it. I think Todd Friel did something on it once about it, how to break yeah. habits of it. Um, but I'm interested to see what you would think. I mean, you know, there's been different methods. People have used accountability partnerships. Um, one of the most uh, effective ways that I have seen in the past is people who install software. 
uh, filters and things of that nature that, uh, you know, uh, site blockers and things that they can install on digital devices. Mm -hmm. Those can be very effective because you can network uh, your whole family into that, you know, so that, you know, your your sisters are receiving a report on or your mother is receiving a report on Mm -hmm. or your wife is receiving a report on what you're viewing. Those can be very effective. And then the uh, the whole, uh, you know, accountability partnership where you have people who just sit across the table from you and ask really hard questions. I've used that in the past. I've had uh, uh, pastor friends of mine that I was really close to, and we were accountability partners for one another. Um, and uh, and I, I remember on numerous occasions where, uh, you know, an accountability partner friend of mine would say, are you being faithful? Are you being true to your wife? Are you being, are you clean in your private life? So on and so forth. And you either tell the truth or they force you to lie. Yeah. And so there, there's that kind of methodology. But look, I got to tell you something. The chaperone of the Holy Spirit is the yeah. most effective thing that uh, that has been given to us, granted to us. Uh, that is an ageless accountability partnership that prevents these kinds of things. Yeah. Um, well, and that's what I was curious on because I know, especially with uh, ladies, I've heard different stories of this, uh, that they do uh, group in if a husband is addicted to pornography. I think it's, isn't that actually the storyline in the movie Fireproof? I don't think he actually committed adultery, remember. but I think he was just addicted to pornography. But I think it's kind of along that same sentence where in their mind you have committed adultery in your mind uh, by watching these things and picturing it as yourself. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's a pretty sordid world and uh, a pretty sordid conversation, you know, that people have to have. James Dobson, he said that the darkest years of his life were when the, uh, the uh, Senate the United States Senate commissioned him to be the front man to investigate pornography among young people. And uh, he started investigating child pornography and all of those types of things. And Jim Dobson said that it was the darkest season of his life. And he was not pornography addict. He was just investigating it, mm-hmm. trying to find out, you know, what the ups and downs and ins and outs of all that, that lifestyle was. And of course, um, you know, child pornography is, has become a major problem, a major, major problem. I was in, you know, when I was in the uh, working in law enforcement, one of our sergeants wound up uh, being arrested. I mean, the FBI came in and busted the department. Wow. And he was looking at child pornography on in his police cruiser mm. on city-owned computers, yeah. laptop computers. Mm. So there's an – I don't know what it is about that. There's nothing appealing about that to mm. me. When I was a freshman um, in high school, um, our – uh, PE coach was actually arrested uh, for same thing child porn, yeah. uh, and he literally they came in and took him right right in front of us all. Yeah, it's wicked. Yeah, you know, and, and I just want to say there's nothing appealing about it. I don't understand it, but there is something in the minds of some men that have to have that. They mm-hmm. they the victim the imagined victimization of a child is appealing to them for some reason, and I don't understand it, uh, but it is a chain that has to be broken if they're going to be set free uh, from those things. But the word fornication, pornea, is intended to be understood as the general term. You have uh, sexual sins. That's just called pornea or Mm -hmm. fornication. But then you have the specifics. That could include incest. That could include fornication outside of marriage. That could include bestiality. If you can imagine how wicked that would be, that is condemned in the Old Testament. By the way, penalty yeah, of death. Um, it was a it was a problem. 
it was a problem. So there was that. Then there's, you know, a host of other rape. All of those things are included under the word fornication. So he starts with a specific adultery, but then he moves to the uncleanness of fornication. Mm. which is a huge problem. Uh, Third and fourth words, I don't know how much further we'll make it, but uh, third and fourth words are uncleanness and lasciviousness. And uh, uncleanness is just a very, again, it's a very general term. It's talking about impurity. Uh, It could be referring to either physical impurity or moral impurity. So this is, again, one of those ethical terms, kind of. uh, It's always translated the same way, unclean or uncleanness in our New Testament. It's an interesting word because it's a catharsia and catheter or cathartic is the root. And that's that's the word. You know, if you have a catheter in your arm, mm-hmm. they're bleeding out or they're trying to draw blood or something of that nature. Or if you have, you know, if you have some kind of a, uh, you know, if you have to have a catheter at the other end of the body. Yeah. That's uh, so that they can, um, you know, catheterize out. To impurities and things of that nature. Uh, catharsis or catharsia in the Greek language, it literally is referring to purging out the uncleanness or purging out the impurities. Well, this is ah catharsia, which is a negation. That means you are not purging out the uncleanness. Hmm. You're not getting rid of the poisons. So that builds up and becomes a, uh, a contaminant and a poison inside of our spiritual man. And the last word is lasciviousness. Just a couple of minutes left here. Uh, another one that I found interesting. It's um, it's kind of a mysterious word, but it's it's referring to physical vices. It's uh, licentiousness. Sometimes it's translated filthy. Sometimes it's translated wantonness. I mean, there's different ways there, but the word is uh, is again referring to. Uh, it could have a reference to a greedy lifestyle, mm. or to just just a, another way of just saying an unclean life. Yeah. But again, we have to emphasize this is talking about habitual stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not talking about a slip up. You know, I don't want some listener to say, "Well, wait a minute, I committed fornications. So that mean I'm going to hell." You know, I, I slipped up and and had an unclean thought or an unclean month or whatever does that mean i'm perishing and going to hell in my sin you can't lose your salvation that's not what this is teaching right what it is teaching though is if you are a habitual uninterrupted fornicator Mm -hmm. and that is the governing drive of your life don't plan on going to heaven yeah Yeah. and i kind of you mentioned you called it the works of the spirit actually when i i preached on these uh seven or eight verses here and when i spoke to the young people i gave them the illustration of the garden because they use the fruit of the spirit and i just referred to it as the fruit of the flesh because i think like you mentioned it's not a one-time thing but uh, if you have planted a tree so to speak um of adultery or fornication in your life it's something that keeps happening and reoccurring time over time it's not just a one-time thing and I, I definitely agree with you there that this isn't just a accidental thing or a one-time slip up, but this is rather a habitual yeah. lifestyle. Yeah, uh, I think so. Because it even mentions later, and we'll get into them in a, another podcast, but it talks about, you know, murderers, mm-hmm. plural, drunkenness, not just a one-time getting drunk or revelings. Uh, so these are things that, that are mentioned as like habitual things that keep happening. Right. Yeah, real deal stuff. So uh, we'll get into idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, and heresies possibly next time. That's a long list. Yeah, it is. Uh, and he's not finished. Then you got envyings, murders, drunk, drunkenness, revelings, and such the like. So um, we have, uh, we're have we almost out of time this time, but that's going to let us get into 
us some pretty uh, some pretty in-depth talking on this thing next time. So uh, just a quick reminder, you can catch us on all of the podcasting platforms. Those are all available out there. You can go and search for us, Brandon Baptist Tabernacle or the Cherishing Scripture Podcast. Uh, they're all available. We also now have a radio version of the uh, Cherishing Scripture radio ministry, which is something that I'm doing alone, but you guys would certainly be welcome to get included in that. That's kind of a sermon thing out of our church here. So there's that, airing on a couple of internet stations and some radio stations. Um, We also have the website, www.brandonbaptisttabernacle.com. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of preaching and teaching. I'm not exaggerating. It's there. Uh, It's categorized, and uh, and it's uh, chronicled there by book. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians. You click on the book, and there they are. So take advantage of those if you like. Uh, We'll be back next time, the three of us, Lord willing, together, and we're going to continue our study in the book of Galatians. Thank you for being with us. Cherishing Scripture Podcast.